With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, I'm Jason Bryan from the Shortime Wrestling Podcast and founder of the Matt Talk Podcast Network. Shows on the network are individually owned and operated, and those opinions presented and expressed may not reflect others, the sponsors, patrons, or the parent network. Find more shows about the greatest sport in the world at the Matt Talk Podcast Network at matttalkonline.com. You're locked into the Pack Vitality Poppins Podcast, a look inside the NC State Wrestling Program with head coach Pat Popolizio and members of the Wolfpack team and staff. Now let's join your host, five-time All-American and student-athlete development coordinator, Hayden Heidley. Hello, Wolfpack fans. Welcome to episode 105 of the Pack Mentality Pop-Ins Podcast. I am your host, Hayden Heidley, joined by the head coach of the Wolfpack, Pat Popolizio. Always good to see you, Hayden. It's busy week here, here in Raleigh. Come off of a big top ten, uh, top twenty dual victory, um, put us in the mix uh, for an ACC dual title. Um, Eagles lose Super Bowl Fifty Seven, so some highs and lows for me this weekend. But we're back to a new week. We've got the in-state rivalry against UNC coming up on Friday night. Um, another great duel to kind of finish out the regular season slate. What's been pretty exciting for you this week, Pat? Yeah, absolutely. It was action-packed weekend. With uh, Friday night duels, Reynolds was packed and rocking. Some great duels that were on TV as well. And cap it off with a good loss to the Eagles. So final score, 38-35, just in favor of the Chiefs. It was a uh, tough pill to swallow for me and my brothers watching the game. Uh, My girlfriend is a Kansas City Chiefs fan, so that was also insult to injury. Getting to uh, <laughs> having to swallow my pride and say, you know, you did a good job and your team's a winner and my team's a loser. So that's a tough way to go about things. But you know what? It's a, a long year. It's a long NFL football season and only te- one team gets to win. Kind of like how it is in, a, in March at NCAA. So, you know, it's a uh, it's a tough experience. But in my lifetime, I've got to see two losing Super Bowl teams and one winning Super Bowl team. So I, I feel like, you know, some fans don't get to see any of that kind of stuff. So it's uh, got to tr- somehow put a positive spin on it all. Yeah. And, you know, let's face it, you guys came in Monday feeling it. I could see it on everyone's face on our team that is an Eagles fan. So they uh, struggled in practice, but we got through it. <laughs> yep. But hey, 
it's a it's a new week and you get to take advantage of uh, actually competing you know we're not the ones competing for the eagles thank goodness but uh it's a a fun a, f- a fun week ahead uh, well let's um, let's stop there what position would you be if you were a pro football player well you know the thing that i've noticed this this year is they had a guy um on the eagles his name was covey he is a, a rookie and he was their punt returner can't be much bigger than i am uh, he was pretty quick, but for the most part, his one job was just to like call fair catch, like on the punts, and he did a really good job of it. But like the amount of hits that he took all year, I was like, wow, I'm actually worried this guy is going to get hurt. But I was thinking, like, I mean, man, if I just learned how to catch a punt, I could have probably done something similar to that guy. Yeah, you so, can like, take hits. I think you're, you're yeah, you're built for that. I'm not worried about that. So like, I think being realistic, maybe a punt returner, because I think in the NFL, it's very rare that they actually like return punts for a touchdown. And like the Chiefs, the fact that they were almost able to do it was really impressive. But for the most part, those guys are just they just pretty much say, you know, don't screw it up for us. So I, I would like to be in that position because I feel like if I could just work on one thing throughout the week, knowing that I'm not going to be put out there on offense or defense, I just got to catch a punt. Like, I, I think I'd be okay at that. Not a bad role for you. Yeah. So I'm going to be realistic with that, that question, good. Pat. Um, a few reminders to our fans. Uh, Casino night is coming up March 3rd. That's going to be a huge weekend in Raleigh. March 3rd is a Friday night. will be casino night, followed by... The ACC tournament on Sunday, March 5th. So go ahead and purchase your ACC tickets now um, and get signed up for our casino night through the Wolfpack RTC. It'll be a fun night expecting our biggest crowd ever for casino night. Touched on it a little bit last uh, podcast episode, but it's going to be a really great weekend in Raleigh that time. Yeah, we got a lot of alumni coming back that haven't been here in in a long time. And uh, adding that on the weekend of ACCs, I think, is is going to make a a good showing for that. So tickets are on our RTC website right now. So if you want to sign up, it's a good time to do it and also get your ACC tickets. One more um, reminder, the NCAA social, uh, which is going to be after the finals Saturday night in Tulsa, um, you can now sign up for that. Reach out to Mackenzie Wood, our director of operations. There's going to be some more details sent out within the coming weeks, but that's getting in the works. That's always a fun time to meet with fans. Um, a lot of members of the Wolfpack RTC will be in attendance there, and it's a, a kind of a nice finale to finish off the year. Yeah, and uh, it is. It, it kind of great for people that have made the trip out to Tulsa to connect with basically RTC athletes at that point and coaches and just hang out and celebrate a long season. We're going to go ahead and get into a recap of the Pittsburgh duel and look ahead to the UNC preview on Friday night. Um, As it stands right now in the ACC standings, um, NC State, Pitt, Virginia Tech all have one loss. Heading into the final weekend, if those results would hold up, it would be a three-way tie in the ACC. Um, I've had a lot of people try to ask questions about it. I think some fans weren't really sure if there was a tiebreaker or not. Um, any details you have to give in on on your kind of your thoughts on um, how how things shake up like this uh, in the ACC, Pat? Mm, I think this shows you how competitive the conference has gotten with a lot of good teams in there right now. So. Unfortunately, there is no tiebreaker, so it is what it is, and we're hoping to end it with a you know three-way tie if we 
take care of business Friday against another good duel. But no, uh, the conference doesn't do anything for tiebreakers, so we'll just carry it right into the conference and NCAs. Yeah, I think it just makes the ACC postseason tournament that much mean that much more you know if you have finished at a tie you always want to grab that tournament title as well and so that's kind of going to be a uh, even bigger weekend um in my opinion but has it has there ever been a tie in the conference uh at the conference tournament yeah um i don't know i remember my that'd be wild the one year we had a uh, a shared title with unc and then we were able to win no i'm talking the conference tournament yeah i don't know I've, I haven't seen that. I know it was uh, the Big Ten they, they tied yeah. a few years ago. Yeah. But true. I haven't seen that in my time with the ACC. Interesting. That would be wild. Well, it's going to be, I mean, with the teams that are there, it's it's anybody's at this point right now. Yep. So. Yep. But before we get ahead of ourselves, we still have, you know, still have one week uh, of ACC wrestling across the board. Uh Yep. Pitt will be wrestling Duke, uh, UVA and Virginia Tech will be wrestling, and NC State and UNC will be wrestling. So still uh, three dual, dual matches left, still a lot of things that could happen. But you know, recapping Pittsburgh Friday night, Ed Scott was the lone bonus point uh, victory. Uh, he scored a tech fall at 157. Jarrett Trombley won 11-8 at 125. Orini got a top 10 victory, 2-1 tiebreaker, 133. Jackson Arrington won four nothing. Alex Faison won three one in sudden victory at one seventy four. Trent Hydley won a nine five decision at one eighty four, and Owen Treffin won another sudden victory three uh, one decision in a heavyweight. I've got in a couple notes three and one in overtime matches on Friday night uh, was a lot of action. It was a seven three split in the match score, but with those four overtime matches, it made it seem like a much closer dual meet. Any kind of general thoughts before we go into some of those individual performances? No, I mean, we got to wrestle a really good pit team. Um, you could tell the intensity was high. Both both sides wrestled extremely hard and uh, turned out to be a really scrappy duel. And our guys obviously showed up and competed at a very high level that night. There was a lot of good focus and uh, pretty sharp on our end. And we obviously capitalized in, in a lot of those close matches. So I was really proud of the effort that their guys put in that night. Yeah, match starts at 141. Ryan Jack drops a close decision uh, to number three ranked Cole Matthews. And 149, 157s where uh started to pick up some momentum on our side of things with Arrington winning in a shutout decision and then Ed Scott going out and, and getting major bonus points kind of seemed like they're, they're starting to gain some momentum um, getting into the right form. Any, any comments on those two wins? No, I think you're seeing that week to week, you know, we fine tune and we stay focused and disciplined and, and that's what we're getting out of our lineup at this point right now. Guys are starting to, you know, get to where they're close to peaking and, uh, you know, wrestling seven minutes complete. And obviously some of them went longer than that. Um, and we're ready for those kind of scenarios that get thrown at us. So we can handle all, all different situations at this point. We've been through a lot of really good, tough, hard wrestling. And uh, guys are, are, are starting to, to be full force at this at this point in the season. Mm-hmm. Moving on to 165, Maddie Singleton drops a close decision to Holden Heller of Pitt. Uh, and then at 74 and 84, uh, picked up two wins with Faison winning in 3-1 sudden victory. 
pretty uh, dramatic win, just a lot of heavy hand fighting in the start and able to get that takedown and sudden victory um, was one of those matches going in where you knew it was going to be close and one mistake by either guy would have uh, made the difference and uh, just hung in there long enough to get to his offense and, and get a huge win and you know just can't you know speak enough about his his progression over the year um, wrestling in a different weight class than where he was and especially a great win to go out on senior night for him. Yeah, he looked great. Um, and it's a kid that's been in our room, you know, for the amount of years he's been there and just staying the course and now finally getting the nod to, to go out and compete at this level. And, and he's earned it. And it was it was awesome to see and sending him out on senior night with a win and, and that many people in Reynolds. You know, it's got to it's got to feel good. And it's a memory that's probably going to stick with him for for a long time. Yeah, at 184, Trent take, took care of business, uh, 195 um, over Sage Heller. Kind of an interesting, con conflicting styles there, um, but had a, a pretty smooth uh, and relatively easy victory there. Um, 197, a lot of talk over, over the weekend. One of the most crazy matches I've witnessed, I think, just with the amount of scoring positions that they got into and sometimes didn't and, and were so able to capitalize. And it was just a lot of momentum swings uh, between Trumbull and Bonacorsi. Um, the narrowest of margins ended up losing in the uh, tiebreaker periods. Um, any thoughts on that and kind of how you are, you want to put that in the, you know, you, you move on from it and then you go with, forward to ACC's because you might have to wrestle that matchup again. Yeah, I think you watch two two warriors out there compete um, and you could tell the conditioning that both guys had because they to wrestle that level of intensity for that long is not an easy task. Anybody that's wrestled knows exactly how you feel when you get there and uh, it was it was just a mistake made and it obviously went to the right out and it changed a little bit. Um, you know, where Isaac's really good is on top and Bonacorski give him credit. He got out in that in that ride out, which ultimately won him that match. But no, that was hopefully for the fans good. Uh, you know, as coaches, you got a different perspective on it. You want to win and you're not really caught up on the enjoyment of the match as much as you are, you know, trying to squeak out those wins. So it was it was it made for a very entertaining match. Mm -hmm. Yeah, moving on to heavyweight then, another one of those matches where you knew it would be close going in, um, a swing match for sure. Owen Treffin notches out the 3-1 victory and sudden victory. You know, 3-1, low scoring, um, but there was plenty of action throughout. Both guys were able to get into the legs of one another. Uh, Treffin was in on a few shots in regulation, wasn't able to finish. And then the overtime period was, you know, a minute of nonstop action. Uh, very impressive performance, able to get a top 10 win on his end. Uh, not silently, but under the radar, putting together a, a really great resume at this weight class that nationally is starting to get some recognition and starting to kind of go through. But it's been a, a very impressive year on his end and to get a top 10 win um, in the last dual meet in Reynolds of the season. It was pretty impressive. Yeah, he's improved a ton. That goes back to his focus, work ethic, attitude, everything that he's doing right right now is starting to pay off for him. And that was very impressive. You know, it goes back to that you and I match that he wrestled. Very similar kind of match um, where you get two heavyweights 
that actually are, are doing a lot of action and getting to the legs and good defense from both guys. And he just stayed the course, stayed patient, and uh, was able to get that, that final takedown when, when the timing was right for him. And, uh, you know, it's the stuff he's been working on in the room, his finishes, and it was, it was textbook finish of what he had to do. Yeah, you got to think that in the postseason with just heavyweight wrestling, there's, you know, there's very little margin for error across the board in all weights. But in heavyweight, it seems like it's even, you know, exponentially increased just with if you take a bad shot, and you've got that much weight on you. It's, it's it, you're going to be tough to score. And I feel like with him in these matches, you're getting more confidence. You know, you're, you're getting the ability to trust yourself in these long wrestling matches that are over seven minutes. And I think it's just impressive to see his conditioning um, when it gets that, past those. And that's a huge factor to it. The conditioning that won our teams in and, and Owen himself, you know, he's out there. And this year, especially, he's in much better shape than, you know, maybe. And, and that comes with experience, too. You know, there's not much different that probably he was doing last year. But now he's got the confidence behind it and knows that he can wrestle deep into a match and, and, and win. And we're seeing that. And that's good momentum as we get, get towards the end of the season here. Yeah, after heavyweight, uh, go back down to 125. I think it's especially whenever I'm on the broadcast and you have a heavyweights and then next thing the you know, guys come little out. guys come out, it makes it that much fun, more funny. Like it happens all the time in wrestling, but it's still kind of funny whenever it happens. And then when I was on the broadcast on Friday, it was like, it, it made me chuckle a little bit <laughs> whenever you have two guys like that wrestle and then two little guys come back out and then they're just kind of like full of fire as soon as the whistle hits and in crazy scrambles it's almost like man if you're the ref you almost have to take a breather and like take a drink of like okay things you gotta, change you now be ready speed is uh picked up a little bit yep but anyways trombley gets a great win uh multiple takedowns in that first period was able to get out to a pretty big lead and ice away um you know, was up 11-6 at one point in the match, gave up a takedown late, but huge victory for him. Um, and then at 133, Kai Orini, uh, taking on Mickey Phillippe, is able to get a, a top 10 win against him. Very strategic, uh, pretty defensive battle between the two of them. But there were times when each guy were able to get on a leg attack and they both defended really well. And, uh, Kai's ability to ride on top, get the riding time point in, in, in regulation, and then being able to ride out one of the tiebreaker periods ultimately ended up him winning in, in that 2-1 fashion. But any any notes on those two guys' performances? Yeah, Trombley starting to be uh, hitting from all cylinders at this point, way more offensive now, and that's paying off for him. And I think a big mental side of things is knowing – you know, all year there was question Camacho might be back and we're sticking to the plan where Trombley's the guy and Camacho's going to take this year to get 100% healthy. And I think that's helping knowing um, where where he stands. And then, yeah, 33 was, you know, stuck really good to the game plan and doing all the things that we're good at and knowing, you know, we get, we're going to have to get our riding time point, which he did a phenomenal job. And then same thing went to the double overtime where we got to ride out. And for people that don't know the rules 100%, you have the option. If you ride someone out for 30 seconds, you can choose neutral. And really, there were no points given. So at the end of that 30-second ride out, whoever has more riding time wins the match. And we knew that. So all we had to do is not give up a takedown or 
at that point get a stall call thrown at us. And uh, I think Kai did a really good job of knowing where he was at in that match. Yeah, obviously very strategic and it helped. You know, you win the coin flip. That certainly helps things. You have the choice in second period. certainly helps things. But just his defense was on point throughout the match. Uh, thinking the previous, you know, just spent too much time getting tangled up and, you know, was forced himself to take a bad shot and try to have to score on him. And it was kind of flipped the script uh, this time around and was finally able to get a win against a, a guy that we've never seemed to be able to beat. No, and a guy that's obviously has a lot of success at the D1 level, has got a lot of wins and a lot of experience. So that was that was a good quality win for Kai. As you know, as we get towards the end of the year, he always picks up his intensity and focus and we need that from him and we're starting to see it from him, which makes us more of a dangerous team. Yeah. Moving on, I think just some final thoughts. It was a great atmosphere in Reynolds. Uh, it's hard for me. I think I've mentioned it on the podcast. Whenever I have, you know, the headset on with the broadcast, it, it makes it a little bit difficult for me to understand the intensity that goes on um, because I'm kind of working through my notes and talking with the producer or talking with um, Andrew, the play-by-play guy. It's 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 a little bit tough, but even then, I could feel it like the hair on my on my arms kind of raise up during some of those moments. So could you finally hear the crowd? I could hear it. Yeah, for sure. I think it was, a. it's, it's tough because I'm, uh, when Andrew's talking, it's, it's, it's pretty loud in my ear. It has to be in order to know with like the flow of conversation that's going on in the match, but I could definitely hear even over him at some, at certain points. Um, but that's kind of, uh, an experience that I'm glad I got to do. I think it made me prepare a lot, um, for the guys wrestling and, uh, you know, one of those things that was kind of fun, but, you know, looking forward to just being able to watch now and being able to help out on, uh, you know, secondary coaching kind of activities and not have to worry about the broadcast, um, going into the postseason. but it was a fun time, really enjoyed it at certain times. I wasn't really sure what to say, but, uh, Hey, it, it was, a uh, it was an experience for sure. That's, uh, that's fun. That's good for you. It's a new <laughs> adventure and, uh, possibly, a a career change for you at some point. Yeah. You know, hopefully we'll see you maybe doing the Super Bowl one day. <laughs> yeah. If, if they're at the halftime show turns into uh wrestling matches, um, instead of musical performances, I'll be the guy to call them for sure. Ugh. But, uh, now looking ahead to the UNC preview in state rivalry, uh, always a lot of fun to wrestle in this duel as an athlete, uh, Coming in, the UNC lineup has changed a lot over the last few weeks, so I'm not really sure with my projections how much they're going to come out, um, but I just listed a lot of kind of potential guys that could wrestle. Uh, obviously, you have some older guys in the team, have, have some younger guys that they've been putting in in the duel, so not really sure what kind of matchups we're going to get, um, but with the rivalry between the two schools, you know that it will always be kind of a heated competition. Any thoughts going into, into this duel? Um, no, these are fun duels to wrestle when the the rivalry becomes, you know, a factor in this and, and you do see wild, crazy matches and our guys are definitely excited for this opportunity. I know, like you said, as an athlete, these are matches and duels that make it fun and exciting. And yeah, they got a lot of, a lot of guys, uh, a lot of options from their team. So you're right. We really won't know until I guess the match starts who we're going to be wrestling but i like to focus what we've been getting the last couple of weeks in practice and you know the intensity stays high knowing we have an in-state rival and guys will be ready to compete at their best and and know that 
this is a duel that we got to show up and, and, you know, our intensity has got to stay at a 10. And uh, I think we're going to see that from this group of guys. Yeah, I got a couple uh, just circled matchups to look out for. Um, 125, number 22 ranked Jared Trombley taking on number 24, Jack Wagner. Uh, and then 141, you know, a top 10 battle between number six, Ryan Jack and number nine, Lachlan McNeil. Uh, another top 10 battle at 157 with Ed Scott taking on Austin O'Connor. Um, yeah, it's just a, a few really, really good individual matchups in this duel. Um, a ton of ranked guys throughout. Um, what do you think of those kind of matchups? And just one more opportunity, I guess, to, you know, take on a tough competitor before the ACC championships roll around. Yeah, um, there are, I think. There's about five or six matches that are, you know, ranked matchups that are pretty close with each other. So those are the, the probably more intense matches that people are going to want to see. And 25 should be a, both guys are pretty offensive. So that, that one will be an exciting match. 41, I think very similar. Those guys wrestle hard. So that'll be, um, you know, it's one we, we got to be ready to go. And, and I think the last time we competed against him, he got the win. So, you know, Ryan knows he's he's got to bring his A game and stay focused and kid can wrestle. So that's going to be a, a good match. And 41 in conference across the board, you know, I think is you got four top 10 guys maybe right now. So that, that weight's pretty solid across the board in conference. And 57 guys been lights out. Um, since he's gotten healthy and a lot of respect for him, what he did last year, you know, with the torn ACL going to nationals in place. And, you know, he's a tough kid and he's looked really good this year. So it's a good opportunity for Ed to see where he's at and uh, get to wrestle number one guy in the country. And that's that's what you live for. You know, those those opportunities to compete with the best. And I, I know Ed's excited for that that matchup. Yeah. Ed Scott, one of the tougher schedules in the country is already wrestled Peyton Robb, who's, you know, another one of those guys that according to certain rankings, the number one in the country will wrestle O'Connor, uh, wrestled Andonian, who's, who's a top five guy. It's just a, a tough schedule for him and, uh, seems to be kind of rounding into form. Uh, it's just, you know, getting ready to go to the postseason. whenever you go to the ACCs, you know, going to have two really hard matches there. And then you're off to nationals where every matchups against a guy that's ranked and it's a, you know, I think his uh, lead up throughout the season, there's been some ups and downs, but I think he's starting to round into form and that tougher schedule that he's been able to face, I think has helped him out quite a bit. Absolutely. Keeps you sharp, keeps you motivated. And, you know, he's one of our tougher kids we have in our lineup too. So he can handle that, that type of schedule and it's, it's paying off for him. We, we want that kind of competition. And at the end of the day, if we make a mistake, we'll fix it and uh, keep getting better. And that's what we're seeing out of Ed right now. And I'm excited to see him, you know, finish one this last duel out and what we're capable of doing here postseason. The other two uh, matchups that you mentioned about the five ranked versus ranked matchups taking place at 174 with Alex Faison and Clay Lout and then at 184 with Trent Hydley and Gavin Kane. So a lot of ranked on ranked matchups in this duel. Um, I think you'll see a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of probables as well at 149 they've used three or four different guys this year at 197 they've kind of used multiple guys and heavyweight they've used two guys too so it's a uh, you know tough to project what the matchups will be until you know after weigh-ins and once the match starts going on friday night the good news is we got to show up and wrestle
Yep. The one thing that stays consistent, there will be 10 matches. And they'll be seven minutes long. <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs> Could be more, actually. Take mm-hmm. that back. Um, but yeah, that's uh, all I had from for us today, Pat. Uh, fans, stay uh, staying tuned in. Uh, we'll have an exclusive featured interview with Jared Trombley coming up. Um, any final thoughts, Pat? No, let's, uh, let's pack their gym in and red and have our fans show up and uh, guys can feel that support and it'll be much needed there Friday night. Yep. Not a long trip. Let's make it another home match. You got it. All righty. From, uh, from us here at the Pack Mentality Poppins podcast, we'll see you next time. Stay tuned in for Jarrett Tromley's interview. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back, fans. Today's featured guest, in the Pac Mentality Pop Ends podcast, 125 pounder, now ranked number 22 in the country, Jarrett Trombley. Jarrett, how are we doing today? I'm good, Hayden. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no problem. Um, a lot of the fans, they kind of like to know what the, you know, the, I guess, work life balance, you know, being an athlete, being a student on campus. Why don't you take us through uh, kind of what your day looks like today and, um, you know, preparing for a big match on Friday, um, obviously going to be pretty busy, but let the fans know a little bit about what you kind of do on, on a day like this, you know, today's Wednesday, getting ready for a Friday match. Right. So, uh, Wednesday, I guess it'd be one of my busier days. So, uh, wake up around eight, get to practice, get a workout in a little bit of cardio, um, go home, recover, get a little bit of schoolwork done. Uh, go go to class. Go to, then straight from class. Go to lift. Um, uh, get a little more cardio in. Go eat some dinner and then recover. Um, yeah. The as a uh, I'm a a master's pro or in a master's program. So it's a bit uh, it's a bit different than undergrad. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a bit less class, but more work on the back end. So it's uh, it's definitely taken some adjustments um, kind of to get into a rhythm here as a master's. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I remember like the, the last two years that I was here, I was in the same boat and it was very different. Like I feel like at certain times of the day, I had way more free time than what I used to. Mm-hmm. Like right after practice, like, eh, you definitely. know, had like, you know, those online classes later at night usually, or you had to watch something and then it's just like, okay, you get done with practice. Like, all right, I've got all this time, but you've got to go and get to work. You know what I mean? It's not definitely, <laughs> definitely. Yeah. And I only have three classes, like nine credits, but that's kind of deceiving um, because there's a lot of work that goes into those nine credits compared to like 12 credits in an undergrad degree where maybe your workload isn't as much, but um, you have those more classes. So yeah, it can be a bit deceiving. Yeah. I was going to wait a little bit later to bring this stuff up, but you know, you're talking about school. Um, give the listeners a little bit of a background into what you're studying, um, you know, what you want to use that for, because not a lot of people know, but you're one of the brightest guys on this team have 
always been you know, an academic weapon in terms of just the the skill set that you bring. And it's a uh, very impressive thing to do whenever you're balancing, you know, full time division one lifestyle. And then you're also, you know, getting your master's. Um, walk us through a little bit about what you're studying and um, kind of wh- why, you know, you are driven to do that and, and what kind of interests you about the subjects. Well, thank you, first of all. And uh, I really like that term academic weapon. I think I'm going to use that a little bit more. Um, but yeah, so I, last year I graduated in the spring with a um, with a degree, a bachelor's in human biology. And now I'm studying um, to get my master's degree in physiology. So uh, that's kind of like a prereq for um, eventually going to med school, hopefully. Uh, that's kind of my plan right now. Um, and I kind of grew up in a family where my brother was the first one to get his doctorates in the whole family. My mother, um, went back to school to get her, her degree in, in nursing. So she, she's a, a medical prof- in the medical profession and my brother is as well. So I kind of grew up loving that aspect of things. Um, and I just started, you know, taking classes in undergrad and I really enjoy it. So I think that might be uh, something I, I could be interested in. I'm going to put you on the spot here try to see if you can, um, I don't know, talk in layman's terms, maybe about one, one thing you're learning about right now that oh. you think you could teach me <laughs> in terms of uh, what you're studying. Because um, they say, you know, if you, you know the, the material well enough, you can teach it to somebody like me. Yeah, well, I don't know how much background well there's i have a statistics course which you might understand a little bit but i don't really even get that all too well um uh, i would probably go with my neurobio course so that's just kind of like the nervous system and like how the brain and neurons work and stuff like that i'm sure you learned about that back in high school and bio or something like yeah i'm sure i'm I'm pretty well versed in it yeah but you would say that's the most interesting thing you're looking at yeah it's really cool it's actually practical. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's interesting to learn, you know, how the body works and stuff like that, especially how your brain works. Yeah. Um, talking about this decision-making and, um, you know, obviously this year is much different for you than the previous years. You've gone down a weight to 125. Um, talk us through that decision. Cause I know a lot of people are, are interested in, in how that came about. Um, was there any convincing that it took, um, from Pat and the other coaches to get you down to this weight and uh, just kind of talk us through um, the scenario that kind of got brought up for you to go back down to 25. Um, yeah, there was a, there was a little bit of convincing. I mean, not a whole lot. It was kind of like a natural um, it, things kind of just fell into place there um, where the team needed me down at 125 and I was willing to do it. So I, uh, I took on that challenge and here we are now but yeah um it, it definitely took a a bit of adjustment and when i say a bit that's kind of maybe not um maybe not equivalent to how much it actually took to get adjusted to it mm-hmm. but um uh yeah 125 it kind of was just it, it was kind of like in the back of everyone's mind throughout throughout my whole career like he could be a 125 pounder um and then it just took my fifth year for it to come to fruition. Yeah. I think, um, you know, obviously a weight cut, um, kind of like conversation gets brought up whenever, uh, you know, you talk about that, but I look at, you know, your weight cut, I feel like in the past, you know, experiencing wrestling, there's two versions of a weight cut. And it's like, there's some people who 
put in a lot of work on the front end to kind of shrink their body down. And then they just sort of hover around the weight class. Like I think Tariq was always one of those guys. Like in the off season, me and him would be like in a really similar weight. And then once the season started, he was just always within five mm-hmm. or six pounds and never left. And I feel like Kevin was kind of sort of the same way too. And then you had other people um, like me who was like, yeah, I was pretty big. And then I would cut down the week of and have a lot to lose. Um, and then also like somebody like Sean Fowles had to do both. So I've never really right. seen anybody other than him do that. But I would say like categorically, like, I don't think you ever like explode up and you're like doing like a yo-yo. It's like more like you had to do a lot of work on the front end to shrink your body. Kind of talk a little bit about that process. And I know people all the time, they like say, oh, you guys, if he's cutting down to 25, he must be like 15 over. It's like, no, nah, mm-hmm. it's not the case, but you still have to put the work in to really kind of shrink your body down in the front end and uh, explain that process to people a lot because I, I don't think people quite understand the, right. the whole story behind that. Right. So, uh, in the beginning of the year, probably about a month before our first competition is when it really starts, uh, maybe a month, month and a half before. That's when the diet change happens. Um, that's when the the extra cardio and the extra working out starts coming into play. Um, that's really where most of the work is done and uh, where the hardest part of it is, I would say, at least for me, um, where you're getting those initial 10, 15 pounds off um, that are that are going to stay off for most of the season, right? Um, so it's kind of just working all that fat off and um, maybe getting a little um, of a decrease in muscle mass, you know, from that initial month. Um, that's just, that's probably the hardest part of it is that first month. And then, like you said, um, maintaining it is something that I really like to do. Cause I don't like that stress of yo-yoing up and down, uh, from week to week. So I try to stay within, you know, uh, a certain margin of, of weight over the over 125. So, um, yeah, that's that's definitely the category I would be in, and that's kind of my uh, my thought process as to that. Yeah, and then that's a pretty good background. Um, I think uh, you know you're you're spending all these few months maintaining it. Um, what's one meal that you're really looking forward to after the season when you have no kind of uh, real like real or anxiety about you know getting too far overweight you know what's right. one thing that you're really looking forward to like okay the season's over i don't have to worry about this um, anymore i wouldn't say it's a meal as much as is it's kind of like a dessert i really like root beer floats um those are um those are probably my favorite thing to to eat um that's like my f- my favorite cheat meal not meal but cheat item i guess um and uh you can't go wrong with a good soda and ice cream so i mean um don't have really to convince the, me man. yeah but you know me big soda guy but yeah. uh the good berries great root beer float. good berries i yeah. haven't had a root beer float from there but i've heard All good right. things let's put that on the list and get you there yeah. um come postseason afterwards Definitely. but uh yeah, I wanted to kind of finish up and just talk a little bit about the wrestling so far this year. Um, we're able to get to learn a little bit about your, you know, your background, what you're studying and kind of the move to 25 this year. Um, the season so far, um, obviously, there's been a lot of growth throughout and recently been on a bit of a hot streak. Take us through a little bit about the ebbs and flows of the season and, and kind of where where you're at right now and kind of how you found to be in this in this spot where you know, in a really good spot to uh, clinch the number one seed in the ACC tournament. Um, probably the highest you've been ranked all year um, right now. Just kind of describe the season so far and, and, and how you've gotten to this point here. 
Um, yeah, well, this season's definitely been a roller coaster. Um, I started off probably the lowest of lows, you know, losing three straight to start the season. And um, I kind of took that time to reflect a little bit after that. Uh, we had, I think, a two week break before um, the Cliff Keen Invitational in Vegas. So I kind of took that time to um, figure out what what wasn't working and what was. Um, and I kind of just implemented something then and uh, switched my uh, switch all my mental aspects towards what I need to do. And I started, uh, I started wrestling a little better there, especially when we d went down to new Orleans. Um, uh, I started wrestling a little bit more how I wanted, had a little, uh, had a little, uh, blip in January when I wrestled and then started getting hot in ACCs. And I think right now it's just about, um, wrestling how I want to wrestle and attacking and, um, I think you said the other day coming out with my hair on fire, which, uh, which I really like. Yeah. Um, yeah. So just getting to my stuff, getting to my offense. Um, I think that's really important and that's how I'm going to win a lot of matches. Yeah. I think one thing that's hard for, you know, the casual fans, um, that haven't wrestled, you know, there's times in the season where, you know, it's just a little bit tough to find offense. And I've been through that. I can remember my, uh, sophomore year I went, you know, I lost to Old Dominion, didn't get a takedown. Lost to Nebraska, didn't get a takedown. Mm -hmm. No, I went like it looked like two weeks with like didn't really score any any takedown points. And then you're like, you go through those stages, and it's just kind of a tough thing to mentally, I guess, shift yourself towards like, okay, I need to be more offensive, not scoring enough. And then you're more offensive, and you take bad shots. So, talk us through a little bit because the last few weeks um, been a ton of offense, we're firing off the gates. And how do you find that balance between? Okay, you know, you went through some stages in the year where you know, offense was tough to find. And now it seems like it's a little bit easier to find. Walk us through that kind of mental shift and, and what you go through in, in times like those. Well, um, especially like at the beginning of the season after I, I lost three straight, I mean, I didn't have anything to lose going out there, you know. Um, I go out there and I lose a match. Oh, well, I'm 0-4. Like, oh, well. go. Out, I just kind of flipped a switch, go out there and attack. And that's kind of what I started doing. And um, it builds confidence. And the more the more you're getting to your offense, the more confidence you get. And that's kind of where I am right now, where um, I just, it's it's fun, you know, going out there, scoring. Um, it's It makes wrestling fun. So um, that's where I'm at right now. Yeah. Looks like you're having a fun time. Really looks like you have some more energy. Would you say mm -hmm. that, you know, sort of the past few weeks you've starting to really get adjusted to the weight class and are more comfortable with at that point and just so you have more energy throughout the seven minutes on the mat definitely i've started finding a, a bit of rhythm especially how our schedule is so consistent consistent now where we have duels every friday night it's really uh uh it's better to get into a rhythm and start to uh, figure out the formula for what you need to be doing every day and what you need to be eating and everything. So I think de that definitely plays a role. And then also um, just sort of like um, my conditioning has been getting better, you know, as the year has gone on. So it makes everything a lot easier, uh, especially attacking more and uh, getting to offense. 
yeah, we you get into that rhythm of things like, okay, we're Friday night uh, dual meets. You have your class schedule kind of figured out. There's not a whole lot of change in your week to week, and that's mm-hmm. that definitely helps get get guys into a rhythm. Um, now you look, we've got one more dual meet. We've got two week break to ACCs, and we got two week break to NCAA's. Um, you've been through this before. I've uh, been a national qualifier at 133. This time, just at a different weight. Um, obviously, ACC is just huge and getting ready for NCAAs is, is the main priority. Um, you know, going into that, you know, like, does anything change on your end uh, going into like the postseason where things get a little bit different? You have some more downtime. Uh, and basically, what, what do you look forward to this, this postseason? You know, now that you have some experience in it, mm-hmm. what would you say, you know, does the schedule change and, and what are you looking forward to the most? Uh, well, I wouldn't say a whole lot changes. Um, if anything were to change, it'd just be um practices you know they're going to get harder and they're going to get more intense um we're going to be working harder just preparing for um the best competition you know at ncaa's accs and ncaa's so um it's just about hitting a new level um getting our conditioning under us getting our legs under us a little more and uh, just sharpening up the things we need to uh, sharpen up before we hit the end of the year mm-hmm. but yeah just one, one thing that you look forward to the most about this oh, post um I look forward to uh, seeing where I can go, you know, um, seeing what I can do um, while being a confident, high-paced wrestler, you know. I think I haven't really hit that um, for a long period of time. Um, and I think if I can keep it up, it's going to be really exciting. Absolutely, man. You've looked great as of late and um, really just appreciate the uh, the hard work you've put into this year and obviously there's been some sacrifices along the way and don't have an easy uh, workload schedule to figure out and so it's been very impressive to see you handle that um, really appreciate you coming on the podcast today thanks Aiden yep that'll do it for us here at the pack mentality pop-ins podcast this was episode number 105 go pack go pack